This is Incredible Stories Podcast, Episode 11, The Zoot Suit Riot. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me again today on Incredible Stories Podcast. I'm Josh Virla, your host. You're here because of your hunger for curiosity. Well, lucky for you, I'm serving up a hot plate of interesting stories. Today, we are putting a spotlight on the Zoot Suit Riot. But Josh, you say, What can you possibly tell us about that catchy late 90s ska swing song by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies? But ah, dear listeners, although that song was catchy, I'll be sharing with you the story of the actual Zoot Suit Riot. And like the song, whose influence in style is the theme of the jump blues music of the 1940s, the actual Zoot Suit Riot takes place in the 1940s. Let's travel, shall we? The year is 1943, and just as the 90s had a counterculture craze in the swing revitalization genre, the 1940s had the zoot suit counterculture craze. Now, zoot suits were notable for their high waists, wide leg pants, long coats. Uh, They also sported wide lapels and shoulder pads so wide and padded that would be the envy of any 80s fashionista. Often, the suits would be brightly colored and adorned with various accessories like feathered hats and dangly chained pocket watches. And I knew I was into the dangly chained pocket watches back in the day. Now, these suits were particularly popular with musicians and the youth of African-American and Mexican-American, Italian-American, and Filipino-American communities. Because of this, wearing a zoot suit was seen as a counterculture thing. Bold and rebellious, someone wearing a zoot suit was akin to, mm, I guess, wearing a mohawk in the early punk movements. Kind of a big middle finger to the button-up squares of accepted, quote, this is how you act, unquote, society. And what was society like in the 1940s? Well, mainstream society. Well, in 1943, the world was well into World War II. Four years into it, in fact. Now, the United States had just entered into World War II on December 8th, 1941, officially declaring war on Japan after the December 7th bombing of Pearl Harbor. So the atmosphere of the country was a sort of all hands on deck in order to support the war effort. Super patriotic and fairly conservative. That is to say, not counterculture. We've all seen the old films and may have grandparents or great-grandparents and they definitely weren't watching Game of Thrones or taking a year off to find themselves. That was not to be coming, after all. But during World War II, because of the all-hands-on-deck mentality and every citizen doing what they can to help the boys on the fronts, citizens often sacrificed and the resources of the country were rationed. So things like gasoline, tires, rubber, and other things associated with vehicles 
food items like sugar, lard, coffee, and even clothing items like silk and wool. Let's call this a bubble point number one. So guess what zoot suits were made of? Usually wool. Now because the zoot suits were large flamboyant items, they were looked down upon as being unpatriotic and wasteful. In fact, after clothes rationing in 1942, men's suits generally became shorter, narrower, and plainer in style. The dramatic look of the zoot suit spat in the face of mainstream culture, and this particularly came to a head in Los Angeles in 1943, the setting of the actual zoot suit riot. The conflict pitted the poster boys of the United States during World War II, that being American sailors and the local Hispanic community. American service member patriotism versus Mexican-American counterculture. What could go wrong? Now, I'm not so fast to label this incident a purely racial thing, as I see it more of a cultural clash, because that's really what's at the heart of it. It just so happens to be zoot suits versus mainstream. Now, the Mexican-American youth wore zoot suits as a rebellious middle finger to not just American culture, but also traditional Mexican culture. You see, they were very conservative at this time as well. The loud, in-your-face zoot suit represented everything both the American and Mexican conservative communities were not about. And what they were was not part of, quote, your culture. We'll call this bubble point number two. Because of the need of young, able-bodied men to serve in the military, there was an influx of Mexican workers coming into the United States uh, to form a temporary workers' force. You see, all the American men were serving in the country and had vacated jobs they would have normally done, and, and this would be bubble point number three. Now, before I get into the actual riots, there was another incident that happened earlier in 1942 that contributed to the tensions of the Zoot Suit riots. And this is going to be bubble point number four. And this was known as the Sleepy Lagoon Murder, which to me sounds like a good title for a movie if there hasn't already been one made. Now, the Sleepy Lagoon was a reservoir outside of Los Angeles that was frequented by Mexican-Americans who couldn't swim in public pools. You know, segregation and all that stuff. But in August of 1942, the body of Jose Diaz was found at this reservoir. Intoxicated, unconscious, and with a fracture at the base of his skull, apparently this was the aftermath of a zoot suit party gone wrong. So naturally, this caused a big public outcry against the zoot suit wearing community. You see, the zoot suiters like to... Um, meet up at places and have parties as youths do, you know, going into the field, having a kegger, that type of thing. This is what was going on around this time. So this guy, Jose Diaz, wound up dead. 17 Mexican-American youths were arrested as suspects. Nine were convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced. However, in 1944, 12 of the defendants' convictions were overturned. You see, they didn't really have good evidence on them at the time, so they had to kind of reverse the decision. But the panic in the overall community was that zoot suitors were bad, kind of like gang members. So you can see that the tension in the Los Angeles community was high, and media portrayed zoot suitors as, as I mentioned, dangerous gangs. 
Also, there seemed to be a lot of tension because the service members would date or hit on Mexican-American ladies. And, you know, the Mexican-American youth did not like that because that was in their community. Also leading up to this, reports were of Mexican-American zoot suitors sexually harassing the wives and girlfriends of the service members. Fuel on the fire. So now back to the actual rioting. On May 30th, that's a Sunday night, some sailors were walking about and snapped their peepers on some lasses that they found particularly wow, to their liking. The so they walked across the street to do what young drunk men do, hit on slash harass women. Sorry ladies. The only thing was these women were Mexican Americans and were in close proximity to a group of zoot suitors. So apparently, as the zoot suitors and service members got closer to each other, one of the sailors named Joe Coleman seemed to think he was about to get struck by a zoot suitor, so he turned and grabbed their arm. But as soon as he did that, he was knocked unconscious by a hit to the head from behind. So I also ran across some reports that Coleman broke his jaw in two places and was stabbed, but ultimately he was alright. Well, this triggered other civilians and zoot suitors to jump remaining service members engaging with rocks and bottles. So you see the civilians in the Mexican-American community that was there all wanted to get on the action, take out the sailors who were harassing their women. The sailors managed, however, to get themselves and the injured Coleman to a naval armory for safety. Now, this particular incident seemed kind of like a setup to me. The girls were bait. And as soon as the sailors engaged, well, out from the shadows came more people to deliver punishment. Vigilante justice, anyone? Best served hot. So over the next few days, the rage simmered. Now, June 3rd, 1943, a group of servicemen stationed in Los Angeles reported that they had been attacked by a group of Mexican-American suit suitors. Now, I'm sure this incident was more of a clash of booze and young testosterone hocked up males on both ends of the side. So, you know, the Americans were young, hot-blooded uh, men and uh, Mexican youth were young, hot-blooded men. The Mexican-American youth. So everybody was doing what teenagers and young men do, get into fights and get rowdy, right? But following these reports and the incidents of assault, the American service members went out looking for some payback. So on June 4th, some sailors jumped into their version of an Uber, these are called taxi cabs, youngins, and told the driver to step on it. Where to, boys? Take us to the barrios. Ah, what you guys going there for? Looking for some dames? Nah, we're looking to put some manners into them zoot suitors. Ah, good on you. It's about time someone dealt with those criminals. Do you boys want to borrow my bat? It's in the trunk. No thanks, we brought our own. Ain't that right, Jimmy? Pack to the gill, Mick. Well, thank you boys for your service and what you're doing for the war. Tell you what, no charge for the lift. Thanks, mister. So, the service members went out and found the zoot suitors and beat them pretty severely and even de-zoot suited the counterculture fellas 
In fact, over the next few days, conflict erupted between sailors and zoot suiters. Service members would burn and even urinate on freshly confiscated zoot suits. Mmm, that sounds pleasant. Well, the newspapers of the time, as you can imagine, loved it, and they portrayed the service members as heroes, as well as most of the community, you know, because they were the mainstream community and the overall attitude of the country at the time. So the LA Times even wrote a headline stating, Zoot Suiters Learn Lesson in Fights with Servicemen. So now you gotta remember, anything seeming as un-American at the time was looked upon as bad. We were in a war after all, and after the recent internment of American Japanese by the US government, a wary eye was on the lookout for any subversion and criminal behavior. The Zoot Suiters fit this mold to a T. They wore, in the public's eyes, a criminal element to the city. But now it was time for the Zoot Suiters to respond. The second night of the riots found the Zooters driving in front of the armory, taunting the guards with insults and the like, you know, something like, F*** your mothers and you throw like girls. Well, this provoked the sailors, as you can imagine, to head out again into the Mexican-American communities. Sailors went to bars, theaters, and similar businesses looking for the Zoot Suiters. By the next couple of nights, hundreds of service members were out looking for justice in downtown Los Angeles. The sailors patrolled in groups carrying clubs, knives, shoes, generally any kind of weapon that could be used in a street brawl. So you might ask, where were the police during all this? Well, you know, LA Police Department has a long history of uh, doing the right thing. Well. They were taking a hands-off approach to this, as most of the public was quite alright with the sailors taking down the Zoot Suit gangs. Now the Zoot Suiters, keeping with the theme of retaliation and escalation, set traps for the service members. They used decoys to lure them in, and then they would swarm when the time was right. Bats and other objects were used here as well. You know, everybody was using blunt objects. And you can see from this behavior here why I think the earlier incident where the Zoot Suiters jumped the service members, uh, they, they were doing kind of a set-up ambush type of thing. They, they were doing the same kind of thing right here. Now, the worst night of the riots was June 7th, and this was evident as by now, the fun was no longer restricted to the servicemen and Zoot Suiters. Civilians wanted in on the action. So approximately 5,000 civilians in the Los Angeles community joined with the hundreds of sailors, marines, and soldiers in the downtown Los Angeles area. At this point, it was a large angry mob. And this mob not only focused on the Mexican-American community, but also headed out toward a predominantly African-American community in Los Angeles as well. I didn't really see many reports of incidences of actual beatings happening here, but they were just whipped up into a fervor and were going out looking for people, right? So the police were involved by now and were arresting dozens, if not hundreds of young Mexican-Americans. And some reports indicate that the violence was so bad that some Mexican-Americans were even asking to be arrested as a way to protect themselves. Crazy, right? I know. You want to actually get arrested so you don't get beat down in the street. Kind of a good tactic, I guess. I probably would have done that. Okay, so at this point, the Navy is thinking, this may be getting a bit out of hand. So 
What they did, they sent the military police out to wrangle the service members. However, very few service members were actually arrested. And on June 8th, the military officials declared that the city of Los Angeles is now off limits to all service members. And the next day, the city council banned the wearing of zoot suits on the streets. So they figured this would help, you know, ease the tension and simmer everything down. Well, you know, it had that effect. The violence died down. And by June 10th, the riots were essentially over in Los Angeles. Now, amazingly, or incredibly, no one was killed. Lots of injuries, though. So this incident did get the California governor, Earl Warren, to investigate the cause of the Zoot Suit riots. And he formed a committee, and the committee did their investigation and reported several factors, with racism being the central cause, and that the lack of acting by the police department made it all worse, as well as the media being biased and inflammatory. Hmm, where have I heard that before? However, the mayor of Los Angeles, Fletcher Bauron, concluded that racial prejudice was not a factor, and the main cause of these riots were the result of juvenile delinquents. And that's the story of the Zoot Suit Riot. Well, throw back a bottle of beer. So, after researching this event for this week's story, I'd have to side with the mayor on his conclusion. Although two racial groups were the main focus of this incident, I don't think racism was the cause, and am much more inclined to attribute this to youthful piss and vinegar, and cultural differences, you know, the counterculture versus mainstream culture. Although, I'm sure there was a percentage of the violence with a sole racial component to it, the Zoot Suit Riot is a fascinating event in American history that shows what happens when the spear point of patriotism meets the spear point of countercultural rebellion. Although distinctly American, the zoot suit culture was the antithesis of what the American society as a whole was trending to at that time. The proverbial middle finger to authority and rules, the zoot suitors were loud, bold, and not afraid to mix it up, pushing the envelope to the edge. But despite what most of 1940s America thought, when you get down to it, isn't that the quintessential American culture? The F.U. to rules and authority? I mean, that's pretty much what America was built on, right? And I think people are quick to throw racial components into everything. You know, even back back in the day when there were more racial prejudices than today, you know, just just a point when people of th- different cultures think differently and don't like that and engage with each other, you know, and, and otherwise communities that would get along fine when they share similar ideals. You know, and this is kind of the weird thing about the Zoot Suit Riot, is that it's not, it wasn't just a Mexican-American community thing. There were other Zoot Suiters around the country, you know, like I mentioned earlier, in Italian, Filipino, African-American community, musician communities. They were just bold and loud and rambunctious. And when you mix that with the U.S. military, and, you know, full disclosure, I was in the U.S. Marine Corps, so I have a little bit of insight to the drunken fights that sometimes occurred around military bases. And in this sense, this was not really much different. It just escalated way more out of control because the public wanted to turn a blind eye to it. But I hope you like this week's episode about the Zoot Suit Riot. Like always, I'm going to leave you with a haiku fitting for this story. Zoot suits 
are for show. Counterculture USA. More alike than not. And that's all the time I have for you guys this time around. Check out our main site for other stories on IncredibleStoriesPodcast.com. Send me an email or haiku. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at IncredPod. Rate us on iTunes and peep us out on YouTube and Stitcher. For Incredible Stories Podcast, I'm Josh. And remember, the journey of a thousand tales begins with the first word.